How's everything going? It's going fine, Dan. Well, good. I think I should go low key. Should I go low key? Well, it is early. Mm -hmm. I, I can also go low key. I could get one of those uh, staffs. It's already blown, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. Staff is blown. You just got a message. I just got one? Yeah, it's not, was that you or me? I think it was you. It's not me. I should make sure my telephone's turned off. Hello? Oh, it's chaos here. Chaos this morning. Go ahead, caller. Oh, God. Sorry. First time power. Forgot hey, the hey, I forgot the water. Just have coffee now. No oh, water. Uh, Parched. Oh, okay, hang on. You, you take this part and I'll take the next one. I'm going to turn off my phone. Hang on. Okay. Turning off my phone. Why turn isn't it right by him, I wonder? Thing I do when I'm turning off my phone. I hit the switch on my telephone. <sighs> okay, you want water? You want to take the water now? No, they're bringing it in. Oh, are they, huh? Yeah. How, many, how, many is that, how many people does that take? <laughs> Just one, I think. Thank you. <laughs> All right, now I can, now we can do a show. Is, is it clear to you how fake it is when you talk what? to somebody off mic who's not really there? Yeah, please. Did you add? Okay. Hmm? I'm sorry. Could, could I just, just give me one quick go, minute. Go ahead, caller. Yeah. No, 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 no. I want the two of you <laughs> on the dock. No. I want you there by 9.15. No. No. Esta bien. Go. Bominos. You? Okay. Now, Ricky, should take the rest? take the rest of the company down. I want you to reconnoiter the hill. I want a forward man out there. Hang on. I need two right here. Right here. The rest of you, clean. Okay. The rest of you, clean. That's good. I think I really screwed up today. Why? What happened to you? Mm. Mm. Oh, it's very early. And this is a, we have to announce several things at the top of the show. This is a new time for those, for the, for the, the jackals who are listening in the recorded yeah. uh, version. Yeah. This is going to be a hard day, Dan. It's very early. Um, we should explain. How early is this for you? What is this? Eight? You know. And you're in, have, you're physically in a location. I, I have a rhythm to life, Dan. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> All right. You know, and so now we are recording this program uh, at um, 11 a.m., Eastern time on Tuesdays. Is that 11 a.m. Eastern time, Tuesday, Tuesday. Tune that's in. It. That's, and if you're, you're so old Merlin, you can handle as if you're on the Pacific coast. <laughs> you're, so uh, you're not even ready today. You really oh, are I'm always ready. If you want me up, I can be up. <laughs> now I need to lay down. <laughs> yeah. I eight eight a.m. Sleepy time. That's all you got. And 11 a.m. I'll be fine in a minute. Here's the thing. <laughs> <sighs> I made a, I mean, here, I made a fiddly coffee, but I didn't realize that my cream went bad. And so I'm drinking. Uh, Did you pour it food. in already? Hmm? Did you pour the cream in before you realized it? No, 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 no. That's a rookie mistake. That's a rookie mistake. You smell it first. How do you tell if it's I bad? I did it. I did it. I hate. I hate the sniffing. It's the thing that happens in my household, where my wife is the <laughs> holder of the intuition, and I am the one of the bearer of smell. She goes. Hmm. <laughs> that's like the key master and the gatekeeper. Yeah, I think I think that's the Gorney Weaver. <laughs> Believe me, so I was she, actually a lot. A lot. Have her, have she and Gina Davis ever been in a movie together? Or is that just in my head? Uh, I think you're thinking of that movie where the two women get the car and drive off the cliff at the end. Personal best. I uh, <laughs> got this coffee, and uh, at home, uh, what'll happen is my wife, uh, God, whom I love so much, she'll say, "Hmm, I think this is bad. Could you smell this?" And it's like, I, I you know, it's it's. It's just one of those things. It's like a dented can. It's like, you know what? Let's just, let's just let it go. Let's just throw it away. I don't, that's not a business. I don't want to be in the business of, of sniffing for bad. You know, that'll, that'll turn my stomach. So anyway, I'm, I'm having, um, having a black, black, black coffee. 
Well, me too. We're, we're like uh, coffee coffee pals today. Are you? We're totally coffee pals. Are you? Are you a black man uh, when it comes to coffee all the time? <clears throat> yeah, uh, yes. Okay. Marco, uh, Marco, he never puts anything in there. He doesn't like anything. He hardly no, even likes put coffee. Any, I don't put anything in there. I don't need anything. Right. You, know, you know, porcelain is not good as an insulator. I thought it was ideal. Hmm. I think you're supposed to get tempered glass. So, yeah, uh, there's that. Also, the, we've got to start announcing at the top of the show so people can follow along so they're not confused. We, we move fast on this show. I'm not going to lie to you. Usually, we move fast. Yes, five please, by five. please don't lie to me. Five by, let me start over. Five by five dot TV slash B two W. That's B is in boy, two is in two, and W is in uh, women. work. Women, women work and slash eighty three. You do it better than I do. It's very early here, Dan. I don't know if I mentioned that. Yeah, you seem you seem pretty different to me. If things the chemicals not quite kicked in, I've had I've had a very uneven sleep schedule for almost a week, and I'm still. It is said. <laughs> it is said. <laughs> it is written. <laughs> who is that? Ricky Roma. When, when he's uh, talking Roma. to the guy, from, when he's talking to the guy from Brazil, yeah, it is said <laughs> that you can't cover <laughs> in my home. Um, <laughs> what I want is a guarantee: no more attempts on my father's life. <laughs> oh my god! I think this is finally it. <laughs> There's not a net that can save me. This is it. This, this is, is good. I like you yeah, like this. This is this is the best. Now, no, Dan, you have to cut all of this out. This is on, this is just. Oh, we can't, can't keep this. Can't use any of this. All right. I. It is said that that <laughs> one cannot recover lost sleep, right? This There's is how a, you know. Well, this, at least it, not if you're over thirty. No, no, it's like that Proust book with the neuroscience, right? You, uh, you, you, you can't get. You got two days, and after that, it's all just just cold sores and delirium. And so I'm still kind of catching up, and uh, I, I got a good night's sleep last night, maybe two good nights' sleep. And so, anyway, how I'm, many I'm, how many hours did you get last night? I'm not sure. I blacked out. Um, <laughs> but blackout, blackout is such a drunken word. No, you know what? I fell asleep on the couch. I was watching a television program, and I and I uh, I actually fell asleep. I watched uh, I watched the new Lemon Grab. Watched a little. Of yeah, that. I told you not to watch that one. Why? It's not as good. Not no, as good. it's it's actually bad. It's like a, it's like a shtick, and they figure out something's funny. And they just have them keep doing it over and over again. And it's not, it, it sort of stole some of the originality of it. Yeah. Like I mean, how you're very, and you're very, very aware of this. Like when we, when we come up with something that's funny here, we'll do it a couple of times. Then you'd really, you don't want it to keep going because you're very aware that it, it's better. And I, we've never, I'm just saying this seems, this no. seems to be an observation I've made about you. Never discussed. Never, never, we've never talked about this, but it seems like you, no. so you want things to, to stop before they, they get boring. And this is an example yes. of something that was like, they felt like they were onto something and they were going to get more out of it. Yeah. I think there's a lot of pressure when you, when you're, when you're, when you're uh, pulling a lemon grab, I think there's a lot of pressure. I have a, <laughs> I think I have a, a bad nose for cream and a good nose for bits. And uh, I know, I know when it's turning, I don't need to smell it. You don't need to I'll, smell it. I just need to run it through my analogy meter, <laughs> which I don't actually own because it's an analogy. <laughs> It's a like or as a metaphor. Yeah. Oh my god. Good week. Big week. Huge. Ooh. I really don't like uh, these holidays and stuff. I I don't either. I don't like them for any variety of reasons. And and they give you the scroogey because first of all, it used to be you had holidays like a gentleman. Yeah. And you know, if Flag Day fell on a certain day, I guess <laughs> Flag Day might be one of those Monday goofy Monday holidays. But you don't but get you know, off work for that. I never get off on Flag Day. I'm not a veteran. 
I, I get off. I get off on Washington. <laughs> I really get off on Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. a guarantee. It's super complicated. And and when they started doing that thing of going like, oh, eh, eh, let's make it easy for the federal government and just and you know, just strap on a Monday whenever we feel like it. <laughs> That's wrong. That's not a holiday. Uh-huh. A day off is not a holiday. <laughs> it's how can we honor our Lincolns if we're just if we're just strapping on holidays? Yeah. Yeah, I understand. I understand. And then here's the thing. You get used to that. And then they give you the super scroogey when they go, oh, no, it's the middle of the week. Ah, it's unavoidable. Now you have a Wednesday holiday and everything's upside down. People are getting drunk on the wrong days. They don't know when happy days is on. It's extremely confusing. So, um, yeah, it really screws me up. Today feels like a Monday to me. What's today feel like to you? Definitely feels like a Monday, and but more, with more disappointment. Hmm. Because hmm. I keep realizing that it's Tuesday and that I'm not going to have enough time to get what I need done. Done. I no. really, I don't like, I don't like days off. I, I think everybody should work seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, time off, vacation days for chumps. That's, that's a good point. And that I think if point. you're, yeah, if you're, if you're letting go of the anxiety, you're losing the thread. No question. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm starting late. I got a late start on the week. And also here's the thing. Tuesday does not have a feeling. Monday has a feeling. Friday has a feeling. Sunday definitely has a feeling. Almost every day, it turns out, almost every day has a feeling except for Tuesday. Tuesday is devoid of feeling. Thursday, a little bit of feeling. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I feel kind of weird because I got, I got the Monday feeling on Tuesday. My, my cream is curdled. And uh, it's, it's like, I, you know... Is euphemism for... Of course it is, Dan. It means masturbating. Okay. Just so we're on the same page. There's only, here's the thing. Jonah Lehrer proved this in his book, Proust is a Neuroscientist. There's really only, there's only two kinds of aphorisms and uh, one kind of, uh, of uh, euphemism. And all euphemisms are analogies. Uh, there was a letter published by a uh, Eastern European man with a very funny mustache. He had a letter published in Nature a few years ago. Are you talking about ago. Gandhi? Hmm? No, 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 no. I think you're thinking of uh, that guy uh, who uh, tied up Sigourney Weaver and played the violin music. Oh, yeah, uh, Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. No, what he's an not actor, one. boy. He's not Professor X. Sexy as Beast, as, as you would call him. Sexy Beast. Now, did you enjoy that? I heard mixed feelings about that. I heard no, it was good. I didn't enjoy that movie at all, actually. You know what? I think my wife might be a contrarian. She would disagree. But there's a lot of movies that she's gone to that she heard was really good. And she goes, eh, you know what? I didn't like it. That one with the magician? She didn't like that? The Prestige. See, there were two at the same time. Prestige, and, is, and what was the other one? The stinker. The Illusion. The Illusionist. Illusionist. The Prestige. Yeah. Oh, man, this is going to be a slog, Dan. I'm not going to lie to you. And now, the thing is, I'm up at this time, but this is usually daddy time. This is daddy thinky time. I sleep at night, by and large, mm-hmm. and the thoughts settle in my head, like so many notes into file folders. Do you fall asleep easily, Merlin? Oh, boy, do I fall asleep easily. Here's my problem, Dan. <laughs> If I may say, my problem is not getting to sleep. My, my problem is like whenever I'm at anything lower than a 42 degree angle, I'm out like a light. We sit down, we sit down to read a goddamn golden book and I'm out. <laughs> you and your, your wife sit, sit down my to wife, read it? Or? Well, you know, she's a pretty good reader. But, but we're reading, uh, we're, it wasn't a golden book. It was a level one. We're learning how to read of Brave. It has four words on each page. Okay. And by the time we got to the spell cake, I was out. Now let's just, you don't want to do this, but no you're, let's brag, no let, let's brag a little bit. Your kid, okay. your kid, yeah. she's oh. a really, no, come on. She's you're a really need, good why artist. Why do you need only, you have, you have She is a really good kids. artist. She is, magical she can children. read, she can write. Mm-hmm. She can, you, you, I think what you have now, you're penciling and she's inking. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, true. it's we don't have really a... good. She's really good. You don't say enough about her. She's like really I help a lot. up there. I help a lot. 
she's her skills with the protractor are super limited at this point. She's still not getting <laughs> the magic of the protractor in making a true X Men logo. Right. She's still just just kind of dicking around and trying to make a circle. Her circle a waste of time. Do you know what's hard to draw straight lines and circles? Turns out. It's really hard. But the protractor, think about your protractor. Do you ever right? sit there with just a piece of paper and say, I'm, I'm not getting up from this table until I draw 14 circles exactly the same size, all of them perfect? Okay, A, I'm sure you did that. B, yes. I used to have a lot of compulsions, Dan. I have obsessions now. I, I have, just snap I have the very, band, snap the band. Gosh, I don't have one on. See, oh. I, I wasn't compulsive enough. I take it off when I sleep because sometimes it gets wrapped around my arm hairs and it's extremely stressful. <laughs> but I, I think uh, I think you can have uh, just a uh, compulsive, non-obsessive disease. Okay. You know, it's in the DSM. I think they're DSM-9 now. Um, I used to do that. I used to do all kinds of weird stuff. We've talked about this, haven't we? Compulsions? A little bit. A little bit. Not enough. I think people would love to hear it. Hmm. Like like maybe every week they, 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 they sit <laughs> and they... Show. they yeah, they licked their computer five times right. to make it happen. Oh, no, I got to start over. Touch Did you ever control. get halfway to work and mm-hmm. you were positive at that point, all of a sudden that you left the iron on and you go all the way back to realize you hadn't even been ironing? Similar. I don't own an iron, but I have thought I left the tequila uncapped. And that's gonna <laughs> Would you go back for that? Sure, you go and drop a, drop a spoon in it. It keeps it fresh like champagne. <laughs> you mean now, a worm? It only, takes, it only takes the very, I think that's, uh, what's that called? Prosecco? The stuff with the worm in it? Mix Kelly Rose, four roses. I don't know. I have that thing where here's what here's what it is with me. All it takes is the tiniest little seed of a non thought for me to go. Oh my god! I know I've done something that's going to destroy my house. And I don't think of myself as I don't think of myself as many things, Dan. But I don't think of myself as like a crazy person who sweats that stuff. But I will not rest. I, like if we've gotten on a plane to go somewhere. Mm. I'm very tempted to call someone and say, please break into my house and make sure the pilot light hasn't set the kitchen on fire. <laughs> the pilot light. The pilot yeah. light is a very dependable, dependable <laughs> little friend for your gas oven. But you never know. What if, what, if a, what if a paper towel fell from five feet away and bounced? What if it was some kind of freak accident? Now, now our house is heavily automated. We have a coffee maker that turns off. We have a thermostat that adjusts to the necessary temperature. I shouldn't worry about this, but I do. I worry about leaving the door open. Not even unlocked. I worry about leaving the door open. Have you ever left the door open? So many times. Really? So you've done this. So you're, you're, this is a warranted fear for you. I don't want to talk about it. But yeah, I've done a lot of really, really silly, silly things. You know? And this is, again, this is where the life hacks, you know, if you, if you do have the crazy, the life hacks can be very helpful at this. I am a big believer in, uh, in trying to minimize the chances of crazy things happening because I, I don't trust my brain. I, it's, it's a very awkward position to be in. I, uh, I have historically liked to, th- like everyone, I've liked to think of myself as a smart and self-aware person, mm-hmm. but the evidence shows that I'm not. And, and that gnaws at me. And so that's why I think the door might be open or maybe my oven is on fire. The gnawing. And so, uh, you know what I do? Well, it doesn't matter what I do. It's really boring. But I, I have systems for this that have helped me be, to feel less crazy. So that you can walk out the door and, and not freak out halfway to your coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to talk more about compulsion. But yeah, I mean, there's an easy one. I think I learned about this in uh, Getting Things Done uh, by David Allen, which is copied by David Coe 2001. <laughs> right. And I, I've used this example a lot. Back in the Life Hacks days, I, there were a lot of great examples of this. The, the classic is if you keep forgetting your briefcase, don't write a post-it note and put it on the monitor at work. That's not going to help you contextually. Right. We talked about that. Put it right by the door. And then you said, I open my mail over the... Uh, yeah, I open my mail over, over the recycling. The thing, yeah. Or landfill. They should just call it the hate box. 
oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you just huck batteries at people who are trying to save the world? Maybe that'll make you feel better. Is this the guy with the, with the parrot? Excuse me. I was, at, I was at a food court. I was at a food court in the, in the Pacific Northwest. Why West. would you be there at a place like that? The germs in there. Yeah. Oh, oh, brother. Brother, you don't know the kind of hand washing. Oh, remind, remind me. I'm going to tell you something yeah. about toilet paper in a minute. Write that down. Okay. And, uh, and you know, I think about this a lot. You're confronted with three different, at least three different containers. You got recycling, you got food slash compost. You know, at UCSF, I think they got like six of these. And they address this by putting pictures of things up and saying, oh, these are the sorts of things that would go in here. <laughs> because that's what you're thinking about when, you, yeah. when you're, when you're going to, when you're going to go and, and get your vasectomy or your, trep, your trepanation. Right. And by the way, UCSF has one of the great trepanation programs. <laughs> is, that, if you're gonna, hmm? is, is that confirmed? How do you let the bad thoughts out? Racquetball? <laughs> is right. trepanation legal? I hope so. I mean, I don't know if you need to be licensed for it. You just need somebody with a sharp, sharp, sharp drill in 15 minutes. You know? And, and really, knowing where to put the drill, let's mm -hmm. be honest. Yeah. Cut that out. Um, I don't think people think about that. I think people look at the first thing. And here's my problem. Partly because I like hucking batteries at helpful people. Is I will literally throw everything right into the trash and then go, booyah! Because, you know, toilet paper and uh, what was the other thing we were talking about? Oh, yeah, compulsions. Uh, compulsions and uh, practical components. See, here's the thing. The briefcase by the door, if it's not obvious, means that you can't, literally can't open the door and walk past it until you have, you know, dealt with a briefcase. Another one I like a lot is if you're trying to remember something. And again, you know, things like geofencing on your iPhone can help with this. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, for example, well, let me take one step back. Everybody thinks they're smart. Nobody thinks they're stupid. Everybody thinks they're right. Nobody thinks they're wrong. This is the human condition. Um, and especially in Germany. And, and here, the problem is, you think you're going to remember things and you won't. The classic example, as we've cited, being finding a piece of paper with seven digits on it. Mm -hmm. Because when you wrote that phone number down, there's no way in the universe that you could ever conceivably forget. You're standing there with the person. You're not stupid. Obviously, you're going to remember amidst all of these different strings of seven numbers around your life, you will certainly remember what that means. You know, I got bitten in the butt long enough with that or often enough with that that I would just put it straight into my phone. I don't have to think about it anymore, except for when my uh, contacts don't sync, which is every couple days. Um, but but uh, for example, let's say you go, you're getting home and you're like in a hurry to get in. Your kid's freaking out. And you're like, oh my God, I have to remember to get gas in the morning. Now, most people will feel that anxiety and, and treat it as though it were some kind of alarm clock or whiteboard. Your best bet, this is not going to sound silly, keep post-it notes in your car, write, write on your post-it note, get gas, and then put that on the steering wheel. <clears throat> so guarantee, but that's a more obvious time to think about getting gas than the night before. I think that's a good idea, stuff like that. Um, there are other things you can do. Here's another great example. I make a lot of fiddly coffee, right? With the AeroPress. Yeah, you're very, um, you've adopted this and you've, you've assimilated very well. Well, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Dan. Mm -hmm. And also, and also, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm doing a, an extremely fiddly, high-level, inverted uh, brew version uh, that, that has like three or four steps to it of very short intervals. Now, if, if the coffee required that I do something and then an hour later come back, I would certainly set a timer. I'm not stupid. Okay? So what I do is you get the water hot, you put your coffee in. Mm -hmm. In this case, you put it in and let it bloom for 30 seconds. 
right? And so, and that means if it's fresh coffee, it does this little bubbly thing. It's really cool. I have never, without a timer, I have never, ever, ever remembered to go back after 30 seconds. Because 30 seconds is the perfect amount of time to think, oh, I will come back to this. And, and because now I'm smart enough to realize that I'm stupid, mm-hmm. I now set a 30-second timer. Because if you're me, you got to do that. Yeah. And I go back. Because otherwise, I've wasted a bunch of uh, coffee. Now I got a thing to clean and now I'm mad. So that helps me a lot. Uh, I think there are other things like this. You know, it's, I got to tell you, the, the geofencing thing on iPhone is great. And I think a lot of people don't know about it. Or, or if they, I mean, I think nerds know about it. I don't know if nerds use it a lot. But you can hit, hit your Siri deal and say... Uh, you know, remind me to take the trash out when I get home at five o'clock. And if everything's set up right, you'll get a little bloop when you arrive at the house. That to me is a ter- terrific example of the outboard brain. Yeah, It's not making me a smarter person to have to remember trash. But, uh, you know, and, 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 and like ubiquitous capture in general, it, it, makes you, it makes me a little less of a crazy person because I'm not wondering what I'm not thinking about. And that's a horrible feeling to know there's stuff you should be thinking about that you know you're probably not thinking about. Right. And, and then, because you're anxious and anxiety loves being fed with more anxiety, you sit there and try, try to think of more things you're not thinking about and not really. We call down. that a feedback loop, right? Yeah, positive feedback yeah, loop. Yeah, positive loop. feedback loop. Yeah, yeah. Positive feedback loop is like waves or, or echoes, right? I mean, it just keeps... If you ever had a digital delay and turned up the feedback, it'll go like... Isn't the best? That's your brain. Yeah, that's I pretty hot. That. You love if it. you don't know how to end a solo, just do that. <laughs> <laughs> walk away let yeah, it go just walk, walk away. away just drop the mic walk walk Woo-hoo. away um <laughs> i think those are good now obsessions versus compulsion dan do you have any of these that you employ you don't write anything down so so how do you how do you know when when to stop being crazy mm. Mm. yeah that's a tough one i don't i don't know that i know <laughs> anything you don't you don't see an insight to the not writing things down to you is this why you employ so many people i yeah i mean i have people to write stuff down for me now why should i yeah. write anything down if there's someone else that's got better penmanship my penmanship this is the reason why it's actually this is the real reason why is i'll write things down and later i won't be able to read them unless i really take time to write them Isn't down that so. a terrible feeling it's not, not like not recognizing yourself in the mirror which is exactly I have to be is. honest i has happened a lot to me in the last year or so and you didn't you remark on my lowercase e's and how problematic they are they're well they're weird yeah yeah it says creepy guy with candy in a white van all over it right totally I think the more you type, my suspicion is the more you type, the crappier your handwriting gets. It starts out as being a little illegible, and then pretty soon it's no longer on a horizontal axis. Right. <laughs> and it looks like your medication is either but your ease, kicking your ease in or more like a, like a schwa. Schwa. It's like schwa. a schwa. Schwa. Wrong O. Um, yeah, I know. I'll, write stu- I'll write stuff down. Yeah. But I, then, you know, you've got to have a system. Like, do, how do you do it? Do you have notebooks? Do you have different notebooks for different things? I mean, how does it work? Well, for myself, I, we talked about this. I thought last week's episode was pretty good. We talked about, what do we talk, how, what would you say we talked We talked about calendars. <clears throat> um, well, if you were trying to summarize our pretty good episode last week, what would you say? I mean, it was a lot about like capture, capturing uh, existential uh, matter yeah. into a thing. A thing. What David Allen has called stuff. Like your world is full of stuff. Did he come up I, with that word? Because that's a really good word for what my world is full of. I think he studied the classics. You know, we went to the same college. You know that, right? UCLA, where Jim Morrison went? Mm-hmm. You know what happens when the fog clears uh, over Los Angeles? Tell me. UCLA. <laughs> <clears throat> Do you want to hear the only that's three? Great. Not, Did you come up only, with that? No. 
I used to read joke books and Boy Scout manuals. Um, there's only three knock-knock jokes you need to know, and I still can't get my daughter to learn them. Can we talk about that in After Dark? There's only three knock-knock jokes you need to know. Okay. Okay. Um, and so an obsession, I think, uh, I think of an obsession as, and, and again, I, I'm, not, I'm no longer a, a, uh, a licensed psychiatrist for reasons I can't get into. My sense is that an obsession is when you have a persistent thought that you have trouble getting rid of, does that sound about right? I, I would contrast it as an obsession being like, like a thought or pattern of thoughts that repeat themselves in a way you don't feel like you have control over. Totally. I, I, think, I think the key is the repetitive nature of the lack of control or the... There, but is there something... Yeah, I guess. Is there any difference between obsession and... Well, there is a fine line between obsession and compulsion because when somebody says like obsession, to me, there's almost, and maybe this is wrong, Mm -hmm. but in my mind, I kind of conjure the image of somebody who is passionately pursuing something in a way that maybe they can't stop thinking about it. Whereas like uh, when you add the compulsion into the mix, then they can't shake it. Like they can't shake Mm -hmm. it and it's bad. You know, like if you're, if you're Mm -hmm. a great, such as yourself, if you're a great musician and you are obsessed with this current album that you're recording and you're in the studio every day and it's a labor of love and you're in like that to me is like a maybe potentially a good obsession because it's rewarding in some ways whereas a bad obsession is i'm halfway to work and i've got to go back home to make sure i unplug the iron (laughs) right and and there's so there but i guess what you're saying is it's obsession either way well um we will have to search Wikipedia for this uh, afterward, but here's my, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I think everything you're describing, not everything. I think in, I, in my head, I think <laughs> of an obsession as regardless of whether it's a good or a bad thing as something that you um, I can't shake it. Well, it's uh, my distinction would be thinking versus doing like to me, if I keep thinking, I keep thinking over and over that there might be a very small rat in my head, uh, you know, telling me to go buy a VHS player. That might be an obsessive thought. A compulsive, uh, a compulsive action might be hitting myself on the head with a hammer and thinking that it will stop the obsessive thought. And, and I, I don't know if that's accurate, but for example, uh, there's these you know horrible stories of people with extreme OCD, and OCD, you know, like like ADD and like any kind of spectrum disorder, is something that's he- I think heavily badly self-diagnosed. But there are people with OCD that, that do some some pretty appalling stuff, and they don't have a lot of control over it. Um, I mean, there are people, you hear stories of people who, you know, in, our, in my town, like you get on Muni and even though you're the nicest person in the world, you can't stop thinking about the fact that you might push someone into the path of a train. Even though you have, <laughs> this is true, this is true, even though you have absolutely oh, wow. no intention of doing that. No, you can re- read up on this. It's not me, Dan. It's someone who's not me. But there, like, for example, there have been cases of parents who st- can't stop counting their children when they're out in public. They keep going, one, two, three, one, two, three. Because maybe, you know what I mean? There's this thing, there's something inside of you that's unsettled. And in the case, gosh, I'm so sorry, I'm not a clinician, but this is just my sense of this. Like people who can't stop washing their hands, it it may not even strictly be that they're going, oh, there's germs everywhere, although that could be part of it. I think when you have a compulsive activity, it's like an itch that you can't scratch. And in some ways, it seems like the harder you itch, the uh, harder you scratch, the worse the itch gets. Itching, by the way, is something I was just reading this. Turns out the itching, itching has a very uh, un, uh, unusual, like, not etiology, but, but itching is a very funny thing that mostly happens in your head. 
A uh, pal of mine last week was telling me he heard an anecdote about somebody who had this to an extreme and actually itched through to their, to their, to their brain or to their skull. I don't know if that's true. Like a, they had an itch on their head and they mm-hmm. scratched it until it went through the skin into the the skull. Well, yeah, the human body's a, a funky thing. I mean, you can uh, you can go, you know, do a Hemingway, uh, you know, do do a farewell to arms, which I think might be a terrible pun. And uh, anyway, you, if you there are stories of people with phantom limbs and stuff like that, you know, it's you, you know the kinds of activities that the one that always gets me that has nothing to do with amputation. Even though you know the power's off, you, I continue every time I go to the bathroom when the power's off, which is often, I, I'm still flipping the light on. Why would the Even, why would why would <laughs> what? why, why would the, why would the power be off? Oh, because I think I think the electric's stealing my thoughts. <laughs> right. No, no, no. Right. Sure, sure. Well, here, here it is. It's a Cyllin-Caribbis type situation. I can either leave the lights on and then I can see all the imaginary insects that aren't there or I can turn it off, right? And, and then, and then uh, I, I, I can just uh, keep flipping the light on and off, you know? And then, I, and then I lick it five times. But then I have to go back to bed. Did you ever hear that story? David Sedaris had a wonderful uh, bit on this and his, he had serious, serious OCD when he was younger. And he would rock and like make noises and his roommates all thought he was crazy. Um, and we shouldn't get too far into the, you know, actual condition. But I, uh, for our, for our layman's, lay, layman's, lay, layperson's purposes, um, I, uh, I don't know. I, I happen to think, at least for myself, that these obsessions and compulsions uh, that I personally have had in the past there's <laughs> this phrase Roderick uses, or John Roderick uses, he talks about uh, the things that people do to not hear the screaming in their head <laughs> or to stave off the, the uh, demon dogs. Yeah. You know, like, like people, people who, who work 80 hours a week may, may not be doing it for the dough, but because of the, the demon dogs. Right. Yeah, the, the black dogs, as uh, Churchill used to say. And something that people need to understand is when they imagine somebody with OCD, that they, they imagine somebody checking the light switch 50 times before they walk out of a room you know, with each hand or something. And yes, that's true. But uh, that, that is a physical manifestation uh, or a, a coping mechanism for the real problem, which is the thoughts that are repeating in their own head and the cycle they get into. I've famously uh, depicted in the movie... Uh, and I thought it was pretty well depicted in the movie about uh, about Howard Hughes, the the aviator with your oh, your favorite great. DiCaprio, the way of the future. Great, great. Way the future. Another, there's another one. I, you know, I he only... he would get stuck in a loop, Marlon, and he wouldn't oh, be able to brother. break out of it. And those those things that he was doing physically were not like those things were not especially important. Whatever it was that he was doing, it was that he would get stuck in a loop. And I thought that the the looping part of it. Where he would get, you know, show me all the blueprints, 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 show me all the blueprints. I mean, that's real. That's that's a real OCD thing. And that what these people do, checking the light switch a hundred times or, you know, adjusting a chair, counting their kids. And I saw a TV show about this where there was a guy who had become, I think we've talked about this once, uh, but it's worth mentioning because it shows you how to a rational person hearing this is that's absolutely nuts. And you're like, this guy's nuts. But to this guy, it, this was like a real possibility is he had in his small, like one room studio apartment, he had a small refrigerator, like the kind that, you know, you would have like almost in a dorm room or something like that, in a hotel mm-hmm. room. And he had become convinced that his neighbor's cat, well, his fear was that he not, not convinced, but his fear was that his neighbor's cat 
had wandered into his apartment, which, by the way, he almost never left, and had become trapped in his refrigerator to the point where he was constantly... Are you kidding no, me? He was constantly opening it and closing it to check on this and would not be able to sleep at night because he would have to continue to keep checking this refrigerator. Now, of all the strange things to, to worry about, but this, the feeling of checking it and that that seeing that the cat was not in there would soothe his... It was just a manifestation of this loop that he was getting stuck in, and this would calm him down. And uh, for for a lot of people, that's what the problem is, is that they feel like they, that what they're doing, the thing that they're doing, is somehow protecting them. That, you know, if, the, if they make sure that the light is turned off, then the light switch won't have a spark, and the spark won't start a fire, and they're protecting their kids. Like, that's the... The, the mental process that that's happens. that sounds that sounds that sounds about right i i, I again boy we're gonna get so much mail sorry you're gonna get so much mail but i for me uh that, that it seems like that behavior not even i don't know if it's about like safety for me it's like this problem of irresolution right and it's this problem yes, of like if, it's, if I, if I do something's this thing, not resolved that's exactly it Right. Well, it's like you can, and you know what the feeling is not to interrupt you, but the feeling is like you can't remember that you did it, even though you just did it. Like if you, if you, if you're sitting there with your, your coffee, if you take a sip of your coffee, you probably remember that you took a sip of your coffee. But for those who've never had anything like OCD or anything like this, Mm -hmm. it's like, you can't remember if you did it. If you, if you turn off your computer and walk out of the room, did I just turn off my computer? A sane person without this issue. It's of course, yeah, I remember doing it. Well, how do you remember doing it? Well, I, I did it. Like, I remember it. I saw the screen go off. I did it. To the OCD person, they might have that memory, but wait, was that yesterday or the day before or was it today? I well, better go and, check. And if they don't go right. check, it ramps up. It ramps up. It ramps up until they're, eventually the anxiety is taken over. So what if you do this? You say, oh, okay, I got a solution to this. I keep, I keep worrying that... Um, I've left a tiki torch on in my yard. And, and so you say, ah, ha, 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 I've got a system. I will take this black Sharpie marker and, 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 and write a uh, tiki torch off on my hand. <laughs> and that way I'll be sure <laughs> right. to know that it's off. Yeah. But then you might start looking at your hand over and over. <laughs> right. And now the, the writing becomes... I don't, I don't know. Again, I, 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 I don't know if this is clinically accurate. I can, I can only speak from my own experience, but if there's something that is this repeating thought in your head, the way that I will try to ameliorate it, you know, short of having a security cam, but then what? You got a security cam that you're going to be looking at all the time because I think there's something else going on. Did yeah. you look at that link? Did you look at my link? Oh, let me see. Okay, I see it now. Um, and it's so funny that you would say that about the cat in the refrigerator. Yeah. Because if you look at that link... I'm, I'm reading uh, Looking at it now. Is this you? Read the first one. So this is... Uh, I have a site called Fives. <laughs> oh, I swear to God, this is true. So this is uh, Fives.com, a website I, I used to update more. And, That's uh, funny. You, you did this? Please... This is your site? Oh, my God. I had no idea you did this one. Oh, my God. This is you? <sighs> oh, I didn't know you did man. this. Dude, I'm a, such a fan of your site. I had no idea. You're not a fan of anything I do. I really am. I you're love those be, videos you do where you're talking in the shoe or whatever. Shoe. Yeah, you're supposed to be my lab partner. <laughs> I'll, I'll put this in you're the. Disloyal. 
Put this into the notes, into the show notes. Oh, it's you already did. Boom. Boom. I, wow. Hang on. I'm not sure if I did. Let me edit it no, again. You, <laughs> I'm getting an error. I probably did it wrong. Let me yeah, do it again. If it says, oh, no, then that means it's already I know. I know. I love that. Five. Uh, this is January 11, 2003, 2003. Number five, one, so- a morbid fear. Well, you didn't read the title. A f- the title? Five somewhat novel compulsions I had at one time or another. Like January 11, things? 2003. Pulled and pinched and hurt my neck. Number mm. one. A morbid fear of closing a cat in a door. Num- number two, uncontrollable counting of patterns of four. See, four was always my number. One, two, three, four. Find fours. Fours everywhere. Never three. Somebody once, I saw a TV show, they said three. I'm like, how could you pick an odd number, moron? Repeat. You, ins- you would have to be completely totally insane. Totally not to pick an odd number. It has three. to be an even number. Three is like nuts, though. Four is America. I know. Four, four is rock and roll. Four oh, it is, is rock and roll. Four it has side, to be four. Four sides of the paper I'm looking at. One, everything two, three, has four. four sides to fit perfectly up against everything else. Three sides. Who does yeah. three? You ever <laughs> trying to pack barrels? Can't pack barrels. They're round. Speaking of number three, re- repeatedly listening to Convoy by C.W. McCall. Mm-hmm. Number Eleven four. long-haired friends of Jesus in a chartreuse microbus. The constant sense that I'd forgotten to wear, p- <laughs> to wear pants. Yeah. And number five... Wondering if I was the only human and everyone else was a robot placed here by God or a scientist. See, I never thought that it was like I was the only human. I just thought that was that nothing else was real. You ever wondered if everyone in your life had been replaced by an exact duplicate? No, I've read about that though. Capgrass delusion. That's amazing. I almost that's the kind of thing like if I could pick something to be really wrong with me or someone I knew, that's high on the list. That that one's that one's got a lot of that one's has potential. It's got legs, it's got as you huge, would say. Yeah, it's got four legs. One, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah, I would walk four steps. I'd count four steps. I'd walk on four tiles. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is, like for me, is if I remember this correctly, uh, it's right around the time my mutant mutant power should have appeared. I think it was sometime between <laughs> like nine and twelve. I did this a lot, and I remember thinking it's kind of weird how I keep doing this. I, I obviously I didn't have the. Uh, the taxonomy nomenclature. I didn't have a way to, to, to name it as a certain brand of crazy, but and crazy, crazy, such a, such an ugly word, but you know, it certainly didn't feel normal and it's not anything I shared with people. Oh no, never. It's like an awful, awful secret. Hey, you know what? I like Le Freak by Chic too. By the way, I count four over and over. <laughs> Two, I three, told you about the little four. horse, right? No, tell me about the little horse. Oh I love my God, this thing. Well, you won't like this one. Okay. This thing used to drive me nuts. And this shows how, we, and now all of these things, and by the way, we should both mention we're, we're both really okay now. Uh, mm. But when I was when I was a little kid, uh, one of the things that used to uh, and uh, was there a time of day that would be worse for you? I'm trying to remember, but tell me, did you, did, is this accurate for you? Like for me, the time of day would usually be like in the evening at night when you're trying to go to bed, you'd, your mind would just be racing and you'd be thinking about the day, you'd be thinking about the next day, you'd be worrying about everything. And uh, there, there was this little, there's this little stupid uh, horse. Best thing I ever did was throw that horse away. And I don't know where I got it. It probably came out of like one of those 25 cent machines. It's like a little... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. How, how big is the horse? Pocket sized. Pocket-sized horse. Pocket-sized horse. Hmm. Not as big as a humanity horse. No. And it was probably from like a, a gumball machine. Gumball. Gumball. And it it was this little... And of course, like everything that comes out of a gumball machine, it's brutally misshapen in some strange 
pathetic <laughs> way. And one of the legs had been kind of, if you could, can you see what I'm doing right now with my hand? It's almost like yes. a gimp leg. So, so that, a little, little bendy, a little, little bendy bend, off. A little bent. So that if you wanted it to stand up and not fall over. <gasps> I've had this. Oh my God. So you oh would have God. to unbend the leg just enough and then press it so that it would sort of stand. And for whatever no, let reason. Me guess. Once you did it once, it lasted forever, right? No. No. Of course not. Of course not. So uh. you'd, you'd, and, and like it, so it would be on my desk and I would put it on the desk so it was standing up and then I'd go and get into bed and you'd be laying there and you'd hear it fall. Oh, you'd have to get out of bed again oh, and stand And now the thing you're up. waiting. You're in bed waiting for the tiny yeah. horse to Is fall. Is it going to fall again? <gasps> That's Damn. the kind of torture that OCD people put themselves through. Hmm. I'm and finally, I, I just said, I'm done with this damn thing. And I chucked it. It was gone. It was like the, I think I chucked it out of the bus window on going to school one day. And it was like, I couldn't believe I'd done it. It was great. Did you worry about finding it again? Of course. Of course you did. It's yeah. a horse, of course. But I knew I knew enough to throw it out like in a busy street, so I'd never be able to go get. It. <laughs> Dan, this is we got this. This episode is not going out uh, under any conditions. <laughs> right, we're not going to. We'll do. We'll do a makeup episode. <laughs> I'm very compulsive about my makeup too. Are you? Yeah, you always yeah, look good yeah. to me. Hmm. Hmm. Really good. Um. Oh my God, where to begin? My daughter, I see, I like to think I'm over this. My, my daughter enjoyed, uh, has enjoyed and continues to enjoy the Toy Story. And so I got her a really cool little set of, you know, Dan, when you're buying action figures, as I like to call them, it's hard to know how good the quality is going to be. My, the three Phoenixes I have are all very good quality. You can do stuff and they have a, many points of articulation. So here's the thing. We got this Toy Story set. And I wasn't sure what we were getting. Like all Disney things, it, it looked better than it is. And we took them out. When we finally got the wires undone, you know, six hours later, we got them out. And my hand of God, about half of these under no conditions could, could, could stand upright. Okay. So, so I'm trying to think of a good example of this. It might've been Buttercup uh, or maybe Lotso. But there was one that had precisely this... She has a cat from the Tube of Cats. I don't know if you're about a tube of animals or a tube of buildings. Yeah, you know, of the course. Tube, the tube yeah, of you gotta line. get a tube. Tube, it's terrific. Now, if you're, buying, if, you're, if you're buying a tube of crustaceans, you're good to go because mostly they're flat. <laughs> yeah. Right? Or any kind of... You buy a conch. Yeah. Like a yeah. conch is going to lay... <laughs> they just lay flat. Yeah. Going ...if the shell's spinning. But if you get the... She has one of these goddamn cats and, and the one gimpy leg makes mm. me insane. I, I'm tempted to get a lighter... And try to bend it a little bit. You know, like when they make your glasses, yeah, yeah, put your yeah, glasses yeah. in the hot sand and uh -huh. try to make the arms work. I'm tempted to do that with this cat. I'm very tempted to do that. I have at times taken fun tack, stuck it on the feet of something like that, and so that it will stand up and not and, and the demon dogs won't keep me awake at night. No question about it. No question about it. Now, honestly, we're going to come back to toilet paper, pocket-sized horse, Howard Hughes. Yeah, I'm trying to remember this line. Uh, I was at a um, way of the future. Uh, Hmm. I I, I, uh, re I bought uh, what I had hoped was my favorite Time magazine from 1976, but I bought, actually, it wasn't that, but it was still really great. And it was like right after Howard Hughes died and when all of the stuff was emerging about him. I'm trying to remember the exact thing, but, you know, he had like, the Howard Hughes is such a case, man. Who did that movie? Who made the, the Howard Hughes movie? I know... Uh, the Aviator. The, uh, I know Capio's in it, but I mean, who, who made that? Was it Scorsese? It wasn't Scorsese. Caprio. Who made that movie? Who's the director? I'm looking it up. Okay. But I think he did stuff like he... Didn't he have like a wall of glass to like keep germs out? He wore tissue boxes on his feet. He did all Scorsese kinds of... Scorsese did that one. Marty. Uh, Marty, as you call him. I call him Marty. Guy's good. Loves his inhaler. 
And he would do stuff like he would walk up to the glass window and, and like hold up notes. Mm-hmm. They're mentioning, and this is 1976. This is pretty early on after he died. He would go and he would hold up a note for his staff to see that was something along the lines of, don't let me watch me and do not under any conditions let me go to sleep. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, I mean, like, can you imagine like feeling that way? You know what's I, weird? I, my, my granddad uh, worked in... in uh, for the government and did some aerospace stuff and, and had a bunch of, he, apparently he had some dealings with Howard Hughes and he would not talk about it. Like he would really? tell me pretty much anything I wanted to know. He even told me about like, you know, stuff that had been like mostly declassified stuff that he did during the wartime and other things. But like, I'm like, well, what was Howard Hughes like? Cause you know, all of us with OCD look up to Howard Hughes. I mean, he's like our hero. That was the personal question I want to come back to. Go ahead, call. Keep going. No, no, I'm sorry, I'll interrupt you. But just no, I, and, and like he, I'm like, what was that like? Yeah, he, like he wouldn't. It's not like he had a rule about it, but it just sort of went outside of his <laughs> things he would talk about. Well, I'm, I'm trying to remember if this was in the movie. I think this was in the movie, but I've, I know I've read this that. You know, he was in Las Vegas, right? Didn't he have like the whole top floor of one of his hotels yeah. that he lived in? Yep. But he was in one room watching Ice Station Zebra all night yeah. and like putting his pee pee in jars. Right. And, and, but, but I mean, I think there's, there were some instances of like, okay, Howard, y- you know, you're going to have to deal with somebody in this business affair. And, you know, and so I just remember, I think it was in the movie, but supposedly when he wanted to, he could be really lucid. In, in short bursts. Yeah. So everybody hears Howard Hughes is crazy and they know very little about it. And if, if it's in the movie, if I remember the scene right, it's like on like one of those old school Charlie's Angels conference call things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he gets on and he's totally fine and charismatic and the handsome man who made, who made uh, bras and wooden planes. And he was totally, he could keep it together for a few minutes. But then it was back to Ice, Ice Station Zebra and the pee-pee. Yeah, watch I mean... The same a, a, movie. Watch the same movie every day, Ice Station Zebra. Yeah. Well, one yeah. of the things that uh, was just in this movie... Uh, that that I thought was was really interesting is exactly like you're saying. Uh, there's a, at one point, uh, you know, he had I think his his airline was TWA, right? Was it TWA or Pan Am? I think that's, I think that's correct. And then the, uh, there was another guy who was Pan Am or TWA, whichever one he didn't have. He was, was I'm pretty guy. sure he was TWA. Okay, so Pan Am, the Pan Am guys, by the way, is played by Alec Baldwin in, in another great you know scene stealing uh, role. Love that guy. Love uh, that. He's guy. great. And he comes over to talk to Howard. Now, he knows at this point that Howard is pretty much nuts. I mean, he knows it because, you know, the, the rumors are there and he's the type of guy that he's got people who figure this stuff out. So he goes to the room, I guess, that Howard is in in his, you know, watching his movies and it's sort of like a theater. And he sits down outside and he puts a chair up and he knows Howard's not going to that can actually come out of the room to talk to him. And, and meanwhile, the, the you know, for the last five minutes, you see all these strange things that... Hughes is doing in the room, going nuts and, and, and dealing with things. And then this guy comes down and sits down essentially to negotiate with him. And then Howard, like you're saying, all of a sudden, fully lucid, totally lucid, totally communicating and, and, and essentially telling the uh, Alec Baldwin's character, there's no way I'll sell TWA to you. And in fact, I'm going to, I'm going to finish you and we'll get the rights to have international flights and I'm going to, I'm going to defeat you. And like, he's got this incredible intensity and passion and lucidity and all of this. When five minutes ago, he's like, you know, talking to himself about Mason jars and urine and whatever, milk, you know, and, um, it's fascinating. And, and, and is it possible that, uh, I, there's no way we're releasing this. Uh, is it possible that, that, that was his, 
demon dog busyness. You know what I mean? If you know, the thing is, if you, it's like when my kid gets really, really monkey balls, sometimes I'll do, uh, you know, he's called a Gitmo, we call it an extraction. Sometimes I'll do an extraction. And if she's being super duper crazy and she's clearly lost control, um, I don't, I don't do this in a violent way, but I will say that's it. And in the most inert robot like way possible, I will pick her up and take her to another room Mm -hmm. and I'll say, what's going on? And, you know, it's not meant as, it's certainly not violence. I don't jerk her. But the notion is that as long as she's in that room, that positive feedback loop is continuing. Yeah, yeah. The monkey balls go in a loop. I got to get her in another place. I take her out of that. You know, for example, uh, not too, too personal, but like at her school, if, they, if anybody uses what are called potty words, I don't love that word because, you know, words are words. But, you know, if you start making too many poo-poo jokes, they say, you know, okay, okay, uh, you know, uh, Tyler Thompson evade us on it. Uh, if you keep if you keep saying poo poo, that means you need to go to the bathroom. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you if you if you if you keep doing poo poo, like and, and my wife my wife actually had to do this uh, last time it was her work day was okay okay Tyler Connor Marie, please stop with the poo poo words. And you know and here's the thing: the kids you say poo poo, and it's like remember in second grade when somebody throws up and then everybody throws up. It's like it's like that. Somebody starts using poo poo words. Everybody's using poo poo words. Everybody's a doo doo head poo poo. And uh, you got to grab Connor Marie and, and and walk him to the bathroom and say, "Did you need to go to the bathroom?" <laughs> I know this is a little weird and a little scarring, but it works. I think it works not as punishment. It works as resetting. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you're you're saying you're saying to the kid like, "Okay, I need to I need to break this up and get you out of this loop." You know what I mean? And so, and then uh, Connor Marie uh, comes back or, uh, you know, Letitia Shante or wh- whoever comes back and, uh, and all is well. And, you, and you, you, it dies down a little bit, but uh, we, should, we should talk about a sponsor. I, I just, uh, setting aside all the, 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 the clinical nonsense we're, we're pulling out of our behind, I, I, I think everybody, I suspect everybody suffers from this a little bit. Sure. And, and I'll use the uh, Lakoff example and I'll tell you to not think of an elephant. So right now, as you're sitting here, do me a favor and don't think of an elephant. Right. Okay. How are you doing at that? Because remember, I told you to not think of an elephant. Try with all of your might right now to not think of an elephant. And uh, the thing about your brain is there is no way for you to think about an elephant, to not think about an elephant without first thinking about an elephant. There's no such thing as not thinking about an elephant once you're thinking about an elephant. That's how it works. Uh, I, I suspect. And so, and so for me... Uh, I'm a little more sensitive to that where I might think that that elephant is setting my house on fire and, and no amount of going back will make that better. Now, in my case, I, 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 can, I can, you know, get the screaming out of my head and, and push back the devil dogs, uh, the demon dogs, because I don't think I have that super bad or I don't have it super bad anymore. Um, but I mean, I, I have known people who've had a, an unbelievable chain of dependencies that never provides resolution and becomes a, you know, can become a really crippling destruction. Now, some people... And again, OCD, way over self-diagnosed. But, you know, just because you like to eat Cheerios out of a bowl every day doesn't make you crazy. Right. And it one, could just be that that's, that's part of a, you know, God, who knows how many diseases we don't understand that this gets into. But control becomes very important. Yeah. A lot of people develop eating disorders because it's really, it's kind of a control issue. Like, you're not going to tell me what to do here. Mm-hmm. If I want to eat exactly this much or do this thing, or I want to put exactly three grams of ketchup here, but then not eat it, like that's... It I becomes the one part of their their shit. life they can control, perhaps you know. And I think I think that's that's part of this. Yeah, is, is yeah. That, that you know they can't control this about their life, this other thing. But they, what they can control, they can control their food or or whatever it is. And what what I think people would like to hear about, and I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just guessing, I don't know, mm-hmm. but I think people would like to hear about how uh, maybe you 
coped uh, with this or got out of it because it sounds like you're fine. And one thing I would like to add to your previous statement before we get into that and before we do a sponsor is I think that one explanation that I heard when I was uh, at one point talking to a therapist about this, they, I I said, how do I know if it's like real bad or not? And they said, well, it's only bad if it's a problem that interferes with what you'd like to be doing in your life. Because I don't think there's anybody who is dealing with any kind of any kind of OCD issue who thinks that like they're enjoying it like that. that people should know that like the, 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 the person who's checking for the cat in the fridge or in the door or whatever, like they are. It really it's incredibly, incredibly frustrating for the person. They would much rather not have to worry about this and get on with their life. And it's you know, if is it weird that maybe you walk through the house at night and check the door a couple times before you go upstairs? Well, right. it's not, it's not really interfering with your life. It might be a little, I'm doing the Merlin style air quotes, obsessive compulsive. Yeah. Because maybe you check it three times and walk around the stairs once and then you can go upstairs, but that takes what a minute out of your life. It doesn't cause you much stress and it, no big deal. Like, don't worry about it. But if you're halfway to work and you have to drive back to check and you do that every morning, you know, or you can't leave the room or they're, you know, whatever, then it, then I think it becomes much more of an issue. Absolutely. The lack of resolution. So I think people want to hear how you resolved this and how you came out of it, but maybe we could do that sponsor break. My, my, my obsession, I got to tell you, Dan, my obsession is doing better things with my phone. (laughs) You have any thoughts? (laughs) I do. I do have a thought. I got to tell you. Here's the thing. Yeah. All these carriers, these phone carriers that we have to deal with, they're all a bunch of nonsense. And we've, We've talked about, I mean, come on, they are, you don't know what you're getting. You don't understand how plans work. They always add ridiculous features. Well, we have, we have a sponsor we've done on this show and some other shows at hover.com. These guys do the domain name registrations. Well, they have another company that they started because their focus is on making things simple, making things easy and figuring out the, the ideal way to do something. Well, they mastered that with the domain names. And then they said, you know what, we're going to start doing this for phones. We're going to start, to, we're going to become a cell phone carrier, uh, mobile carriers, you would say, that actually makes some sense. And the company that they started to do this is called Ting, T-I-N-G, and is absolutely a, just totally a no BS mobile service. They use Sprint's nationwide network. And what they are is they are truly and completely contract free. You don't have termination fees. You don't have anything like that. You go in, you make the plan that you want. You want a plan that has, you know, very few minutes and uh, a lot of text messages and some data, you just click the little boxes and that's it. And you only pay for what you use. And if you go over, well, you just move up to the next plan for that moment and pay those prices. It, it, the prices don't increase. It's very, very affordable. And again, if you use less, then you drop down to the level you hit and they credit you the difference on your next bill. It, it's totally straightforward. It's totally legit. They've got all the stuff you would expect, voicemail, caller ID, tethering, hotspot, three-way call and call forwarding, everything is in there. And when you get your bill, there's no like mystery line items. It's like, right. this is what you've used, plus whatever taxes they have to, to do. There's no hidden fees. There's no recovery fees. And uh, if, you know, if you want to add another device, oh, well, that's $6 a month. I mean, it's like everything is straightforward. You can call them up. A real person picks up the phone. And uh, they're, they're, they're really, really great. And uh, you can go check these guys out and see what, see what you can do by going to 5by5.ting.com. And when you do that, you'll get 50 bucks off your Ting device. Because you buy the device, there's no contracts on this. So you just go to 5by5.ting.com, learn more about it, and uh, save 50 bucks. That's how it works. 
with right my with current that. with my current carrier. Um, <clears throat> I almost think of it, you know, like I really like my iOS devices. I really, I've come to really, really like and enjoy my iPhone. But it's almost like I, there's a movie that I really want to see. And I know I want to sit down to go to the movie. And I know I'll probably want to use the restroom. And I'll know that I well, I'll pick up some snacks, get $160 worth of snacks. But it's, it almost feels like they go, oh, so you'd like to see a movie. <laughs> That'll be $7,000. And you get 65 Diet Cokes. And I'm like, no, I don't really want the Diet Cokes. Like, well, I really, I want the movie and then I want some flexibility about what I put in my face. And that's, that, that's what drives me crazy about my current character, car- carrier. Is like, I would, I would have, no, I have no affection for my current carrier. It's, I have affection for, for these, you know, devices in my life. And that's the part that drives me so crazy. I'm really attracted to the idea of something where I get to choose, you know, uh, the, the, how, how much I will graze at this particular service. Right. So I, I think it's a terrific idea. I'm very into. Did I do that thing again where I made your spot long? No, it's did, a, it's good. Yeah, we would we, like to uh, uh, thank Ting for supporting Five by Five and Back to Work. Five by Five Ting dot com. You can support this show by going to that URL, and checking it out, buying some stuff. <laughs> that, that wouldn't be bad if you did that. If you just if you like the show. So how did you come out of this? How did you worm your way out of this situation? Because that's the thing for a lot of people, they never get out of this. No. What helped you? Well, I, I, I think I, it would be in some ways better to ask you that because it sounds like something you've, you've dealt with. I, I, I feel like for me, <clears throat> uh, the part of it that I found really trub not troubling, but the part of it that I, I obsessed about <laughs> as a kid, I think it did go away. But I, I feel a whole constellation of these things, not nearly as... Um, Pathological. When I say pathological, I don't mean as in like, but I mean as in like, it's a thing, right? This is, it's a chronic condition. I I, I feel that I think with regard to my ADHD in a slightly different way, which is uh, if I know there's this thing that I've got to be doing, but I catch this thing out of the corner of my eye about it could be cleaning my desk. It could be about improving my index card system. It could be about something else. I, I realize this is not clinically related, but I think it's behaviorally related. If you have OCD and that causes you to line up and keep relining up things and never quite feeling okay with it, I mean, a flavor of that for me is um, back before, back when I had the uh, the ADHD untreated and, and pretty bad. You know, six hours. I always make that example. Use that example of tagging MP3s. That's a terrific example. I think for some people, it might be video games or Facebook. I have this theory that um, making small decisions and using your hands can be very engrossing. And so I think that's why people like things like Sudoku. It's why they like things like Facebook. Nobody's sitting there going, wow, my life is be really being enriched, you know, by buying people popcorn and, and putting a thumb on it, you know, but it, it's very engaging. So for me, if there's this hard and undefined problem, or let's just believe it as undefined, I may not even know how hard it is yet. All I know is it's not done. And it's something where I'm going, that's going to be hard for my brain to understand <laughs> on, on some unconscious level. Right. Then that's very, it's very easy for me to go, hmm, you know, maybe I should make sure all of my clocks are set the same because that's something I can understand and I have expertise with. So I, I, to, as far as how I got out of it, I, I think it, it resolved itself. And it, so much so that there's a part of me that either wonders, A, if I have more of it than I thought if it is part of my own pathology. Uh, but B, I also wonder if it's something that people just get at, at various times. I, I don't know anything about the etiology. I don't know anything about the pathways. Um, all, all I know is, is that I've had it and I probably still have it a little bit. I, I don't know what it is that makes me wonder 
whether something is unresolved at home. But I, you know, I, I've, I've mentioned anecdotes about, you know, a friend of a friend who would sit there and go like, you know, what would happen, you know, if I touch the steering wheel and I touch my eye, like if I've touched these things earlier and you come up with this, you know, it's, it becomes this chain where you, you, you know, again, the feedback loop, <clears throat> when you're feeling anxious about something, it's not at all difficult for that anxiety to multiply to a level that's overwhelming and 100% distracting. So I think I wonder if it's the case that people with garden variety, honest to God, according to Hoyle, OCD, have that in a clinical way that they may not have the control over without something like medication and therapy. But I think any of us can suffer from something like that by, by allowing or finding that that anxiety has become the driving factor. Because the phrase that you use, which I like, it says, if, if it interferes with what you'd like to be doing. Right. Well, I wonder, for a lot of people, I wonder if they're able to determine what they'd like to be doing. You know, um, like you say, it's not fun to go around and lick doorknobs to make sure that, that things are okay. And I'm, I'm trying to, I think the, the <laughs> David Sedaris piece, I apologize for typing. The David Sedaris piece is from his wonderful book, Naked, uh, which we'll put in notes. Uh, and I believe the piece is called A Plague of Ticks. And it is really, really funny, especially if you hear him reading it. Um, but I don't know, for myself, um, I, I can only view that through my own uh, lens of being someone who has historically, I won't say be easily distracted, but the, the hardest, on a personal level, the, the hardest thing for me to treat with my own pseudo condition, controversial pseudo condition, is not the ability to focus. It's the ability to focus on the right things, right? Which I think is very common for the um, standard, moderate um, ADHD I have. I mean, I can focus the crap out of something. Like I, I can sit here and, you know, organize index cards till the cows come home. But, it may not be until it's four o'clock and I'm mad at myself that I realize that was really not the thing that I meant to be looking at. And until I address what was keeping me from doing that, mm. that, you know, procrastination is such a general term for so many different things. But why was it I wasn't doing that thing? Is that something I don't understand? Uh, the task, the, the notional task that I was avoiding? Is it something I don't understand? Is it something I'm scared of? Is it something that represents something deeper about maybe I don't want to... So you, you would cognize. You cognize the end. You got to move inside of it and get your <laughs> furniture and get it lined up. You got to cognize. 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 Your way it. out of the problem. Hi, I'm that guy with the mustache. And for 30 days, I'm going to cognize. Um, and so I think it, uh, as they say, resolved itself. Now, now, Dan, this is a personal question, but it sounds like you're a little okay with this. Is this is something you've uh, been, we've worked with in the past? Uh, cognize in my, my solution? You have OCD? Uh, no, I made all this stuff up. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think if it's it's sort of like uh, if if this is the way your mind works, you can you can change it. But you know, there's a, you you recognize, and for me, it was all about recognizing what was what was really going on. And I mean, obviously, you talked about the Buddhist stuff, the meditation. That was very very helpful for me for a lot of this. But I, you know, I think it's I think the way different people get get clarity about this is, I mean, everybody's going to have a different solution. And for me, it was, it was being able to identify it in, in very much a mindfulness kind of a way, even before I had learned about that, being able to say, wait a minute, the way that you would with your kid, where you would forcefully, you know, jerk her arm and, oh wait, you don't do that. You said you didn't do that. That was me. Wait, that's me. No, Rob, uh, Rob Corddry's the one that sends his daughter to the hospital by breaking her arm. Right. Uh, no, I think, 
you know, it's almost jerking your yourself out of it and getting that clarity, taking your, your, yourself to another room and being able to catch yourself saying, wait a minute, I'm doing this thing and understanding that the consequence of doing it is not connected to the act of doing it or the consequence of not doing it is not actually connected to doing it. Does that make sense? It does. Kind of rationalizing it and saying, I, I understand that this thing that I'm doing is, is really, really not rational and it's interfering with my life and it's wasting my time and figuring out something that you'd rather be doing and finding out a way to prioritize that first. Well, if you don't mind saying, um, were you able to bootstrap that through talk therapy and behavioral change alone? Uh, through none Mostly? of those, through none of those things. So just hmm. uh, mentally coming to in, in the mind in what I would later learn was called mindfulness uh, of just feeling present in your like your body and looking at your so you know what we said early and well, maybe it was episode seven the magic magic seven lucky seven ah, but seven. what one of those early episodes that are what initially made people listen to the show as they just foolishly <laughs> stayed all this time hoping hoping for another episode seven mm. uh where i would say you know like you're just a guy in a room looking at a computer you remember mm-hmm. that one and it was mm-hmm. very much like that like you know whatever it is that you're the stupid horse on your desk or whatever where you're like that's not none of this really like matters it's not really real and and somehow you know just realizing that I'm standing here. What does it feel like to stand in a room or what does it feel like to sit in a chair and, and something that would sort of ground you out of that, out of that cycle that your mind was going in. And obviously if you have like a serious case of this, that, that probably ain't going to be enough. But for me, it was, it was a gateway to doing that. And and to the point where I could recognize that pattern starting up before I actually did anything about it and, and letting go of that over time until it, it pretty much just went away. A lot of thinking. Oh, yeah. A lot of thinking. Hmm. I, I also wonder if um, uh, something I think about and uh, I guess worry about is replacing one um, troubling distraction with another troubling distraction, or what seems at first like uh, you know in law, <laughs> in law you got a term for something. Let's say you've got, um, let's say at, at a. Um, at a disused carnival site, you've got a very appealing looking pile of glass that children could climb on. <laughs> I think the phrase they use is it's an attractive nuisance. It's the kind of thing where a kid would go like, hey, that looks like something that could be fun, but it could be really bad news. I think, I think sometimes, uh, and, and I think for a rookie Buddhist like me, this is a, definitely a known issue, is uh, as you said, meditation in particular is not a way to zone out or zen out, and it's not a way to make yourself feel better. It's a way to be aware and in and alive right. and in the, the moment. Yeah. yeah. And but the the palliative effect we might be looking for is something more like, well, there's this demon dog that I have. And so is there any way that I could make myself not think about that? Well, there's probably a variety of routes for that, you know, pharmaceutical and otherwise. Um, but again, if you've got that big time, if you've got that kind of obsession, let's say, you know, you may want to come up with a new obsession to replace that. I mean, how many people have been in a really toxic relationship with somebody, broke up, and three days later, they started a nice, fresh, new toxic relationship? 
Uh, you know, I, I, I'm one of those people who used to consider myself a serial monogamist, as they say. I, I've only ever been with one person at a time, ever, right. ever. Right. But boy, I could, I could move fast. You know, let's put it that way. <laughs> right. You know saying? As long Shut as, that one down, go to the next one. Yeah. As long Line as them the paper, knock them as down. As, as long as the paperwork was done, <laughs> I could grab my box and walk out. <laughs> right. You're ready to go. <laughs> You got that. Uh, you got that uh, letter, right? Okay. Oh. <laughs> See ya. Um, right. But um, the, check your uh, inbox. See ya. Uh, uh, the um, here's another thing uh, that that I, I get from you, I think. And because I and I think I see it in myself, I'm in some ways the last person in the world to be. I, I don't consider myself a perfectionist, but the re- one reason I, I don't is that I have a pretty broad or eh, maybe even a nuanced definition of perfectionism. Well, let's I hear think, it because I, I just in the... I think you might be a perfectionist. I don't I, think so. But I, you know, list, looking at, at the amount of time that you spent doing, you know, these, these uh, the excellent rock operas that you did and the newsletters and seeing how much you sweat... <laughs> Every single uh, no, no, detail no. and everything I'm else. A huge and how much fan time is good enough for now. <laughs> but it seems. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't seem that way. It seems like you totally are a perfectionist. And I, I can't sing. That's just the thing I got to deal with. But but in your case, I, this is. I'm not trying to needle you. But when I made the crack about, hey, why don't you put the five by five T-shirt in the side rail on the site? And you had a very lucid answer, which was, well, I'd have to deploy that. And in order to deploy that, I have these other things to do. Let's put it this way. I'll bet you, if you really, 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 really wanted to and, and threw everything else to the wind, there would probably be a way that you could go in and hack one little tiny piece of HTML and put that in. I, I'm guessing. Mm. But, okay, but, but the, point, the point being that when I say perfectionist, I think the misnomer is, and I'm not, I'm not talking here about you, and now I'm talking in general, but I think the misnomer about perfectionism is that people um, are capable, capable, extremely uh, productive people who work really hard to make something perfect and aren't satisfied until the thing they've made is perfect and maybe they'll spend more time than most people. But perfectionism in some ways, I think, has a somewhat positive connotation of being someone that is, in, in my racket, we used to call it a finisher, right? You got idea men and finishers. A, clo- a closer. <laughs> a closer, sure. They get the coffee. But, 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 but for example, I think the, the dark side of perfectionism is you may not even start it because you know that or you sense that it won't be perfect. So I think perfectionism in that instance becomes its own kind of obsession or compulsion, which is you keep going, I want to do this thing. I got to do this thing. I got to write my novel. Where's my symphony? But that you get really, um, I think you can really get stuck if you think that it has to be perfect. Needs, you know, and I, I don't know, for me, that, that's a kind of thing is that until I can understand the execution of this to the point of deploying it, um, I, I might not even start it. Right, so I, I don't know if that's completely related, but I think it's kind of related. Mm-hmm. It takes a great deal of tolerance to be able to make something stupid, mm-hmm. um, because generally speaking, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good that's a good one. Here's the thing, Dan: you're going to make a lot of things. Some of them are going to be big, some are small, some are made of popsicle sticks. You got to go out and eat <laughs> the popsicles if you want to have the sticks, unless you go to an art supply store. <laughs> And the thing is, a lot of art supply stores have four vowels in them, which means you need to lick the frog, put it on the doorknob, go back, touch the telephone pole twice, double check the cat in the dorm fridge, and then you move on. If you have exactly half a tank of gas in your car, that might mean the demon dogs are coming. We'll be right back. (laughs) I should skip the cream more often. Yeah, skip it. Skip the whole, yeah, skip all that. (sighs) 
So I don't know. I the don't problem know. with I'm smelling so... the cream is that you're also mm-hmm. smelling the sort of dried cream on the on the lip of the container. It's, it's a Zen thing. You're also smelling the nut cream. <laughs> there is no cream. Zen. You know what Zen is? Chocolate. It is chocolate. It's a kind. It's a brand of chocolate. Blueberry morning. Um, Blueberry. Blueberries. And so, uh, I, Dan, you would never know it from listening to this, but I'm so wildly uncomfortable with, with talking about things that I don't actually understand, especially when it comes to the human body and mind. I, I, you know, I feel really bad for people who have done their due diligence. It would be like you sitting around listening to people talk about their controllers when they don't know what they're talking about. So, I mean, I apologize in retrospect and advance that, that this is going to probably come off really facile to people who understand these things. But you know, we don't have the role here of being able to do a show on medicine. But what I can tell you, or what we can tell you, I think, is that maybe this will sound a little bit familiar, you know? And and even if we don't have every fact right, which, uh, you know, obsessive people will be sure to correct us on. Um, That was was business as a joke. Uh, (laughs) I hope there's still something useful to this. Because, I mean, what is it really all about? In some ways, it's, you know... I, I, I think sometimes the, the show seems like it should be about, you know, following your bliss and having roses fall out of your ass. But, you know, I, I think, I think the, the, real, the real thing is that, uh, you know, are, you, are things lining up the way that they should to be the way you'd like it to be? You right, know, right, the, step, right. the, the step back, the step zero of all of this stuff is before you ever get to be king of the world, you know, you might have to be the prince of good enough. And, and in order to get fully treated for something or to feel fully right about things, well, you know what, you might never feel fully right, but there are certain pathways to being less bad. And that's, that's the thing that I would want to show. So just in terms of like, you know, future self-defense about how, how weak our science is on this. Um, and I, I honestly don't know. It's my understanding that OCD is, has an organic component, I believe. I, I don't think it's purely a behavioral problem. I don't think it's a thing where if you count to four once, you're going to count to four forever. Right. But let's, let's make it as mundane as we can. Let's go back to the anxiety and positive feedback loops. Yeah. Well, you know, have you ever worried about, oh my gosh, if I think that thought, yeah. it's bad. oh boy, there we go. Mm-hmm. And now here comes, here comes the tidal wave, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I read a really interesting thing a while back about insomnia. And I feel very fortunate that I am you not. You shouldn't read those. Those will keep you up at night. Uh-huh. Oh! <laughs> and uh, that's good. That's good. But it was a wonderful piece. Um, I, I, whenever I read something good, I want to say it's on Grantland, but I don't think that's where it was. I'll try and find it if I can in my Insta paper. But, but the notion is that there's like these, the, the person's like, if you, if you are not saddled with insomnia, you will not understand. No, this. you don't get it. Well, that's just where you stay up late uh, a couple nights. You should go to sleep earlier. Yeah, just go to bed early. Take a bath. <laughs> Have go some hot you. milk. Yeah. Give your demon dog some hot milk. Keep um, it, make it real dark in the room. Don't look at the true. clock. Dan, that does make a difference. It really does. I know. Um, Pitch black. Um, and, uh, but, but in this instance, it's like these four stages you go through when you're having insomnia and then you're not sleeping enough and it gets worse and it gets worse and it starts out, you're feeling bad. You're thinking about sleep. You can't stop thinking about sleep. I'm going to be getting some wrong order, but, um, then you, you start, you go into this like <clears throat> chain of all these things that are wrong. You, you kind of can't stop. Once you can't sleep, you start thinking about all of these things. And eventually that turns into like you thinking about all the ways that you've been wronged <clears throat> by people. And I think the final stage, which is right as the sun is coming up, is you can't stop thinking about all of the horrible ways you've wronged others. And, and that this cycle can really repeat itself. And I, 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 don't, I can't say, because I've only had that experience on a handful of occasions. Yeah. I have woken up in the middle of the night and gone, ah! Like, I'll, <laughs> I will do that. 
but I can generally, you know, listen to Hearts of Space and talk myself down. But, uh, you know, uh, I, um, I don't know. I think we, we all suffer from some flavor of this. You know, this is where I make it, try and make it reductive to find an ending. But um, obviously, if you, if you feel like you have these things, I'm not a physician, but, uh, you know, it might be worth talking to somebody about these things. As with our, uh, what was it? Uh, was it E3? E, uh, e, uh, was, that, was that our... Uh, <laughs> what, what, what was that? Oh, that was a thing in Old McDonald. I like uh, that. Old McDonald had an Adderall. <laughs> there, there was one. Um, what's the uh, what's the ADD episode? Is that number three? Because a lot of people like that one too. Back when they liked our show, you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Second Arrow. Hmm. You can find it for notes. We should find it really quickly though. Oh, I can't. I can't. First, I gotta. Huh, I gotta touch my head. Huh, huh, huh. I think it's number three. Yeah, yeah. Five by five slash btw three. The Second Arrow. That was a good episode. And, you know, and a lot of people were, were kind enough to write us and say, hey, that actually helped me a lot. Like, I never realized that might be me, you know? Yeah. So I think we're helping, helping, helping the kids, really. Um, I'm curious, though. Uh, we should probably go soon. I, I'm, I'm very curious about your ability to have gotten out of that in such a... Well, that you could do it on your own, that you didn't need somebody to extract your Gitmo. You know, it's pretty amazing to me that you got out of that and you got to where you were more able to you got the executive function to do the kinds of things you wanted to do and and got the uh, demon dogs off you mm. yeah eventually i i i did i figured it out you think it's why you quit jobs a lot uh what the ocd thing yeah no well I, I, I now i gotta think about it i don't think so <laughs> gotta go lick my frog yeah no i don't think so yeah Distractions, it's so funny, distractions, in, in the way that I look at it, distractions for most of us are such an excuse. I mean, it's, it's so weird that you would fill your life with all these things that you could be doing that aren't what you're doing, and then you call them distractions, right? And, and so, you know, you, you, you get all these things, you, get all, you surround yourself with all of this stuff, you sign up for all these services, you have all these unresolved relationships in 150,000 different places, and then you wonder about distraction, you invite all of this uncertainty into your life. You invite all of this ambiguity into your life without ever having to think about the cognitive cost of having to process and, uh, and do anything with all, all of those things that have been undefined. Yeah. And if you're really honest about that, you'd, you'd realize that's a recipe for crazy yeah. in some ways. And then we, you know, we call it a distraction and we blame the world and we say, I got to unplug my router and I got to get a black background and stuff. And <clears throat> I don't know. It's like, like I you know, like to say, I mean, if you're having intercourse with somebody you like, you're probably not going to get super distracted. It, it either means you probably don't like intercourse so much, or you're not crazy about the person that you like. That can be an extremely immersive experience. And, and if you're thinking about how many people starred your fave on this thing, then, you know, something, something's not right there. You know, just distraction to me for garden variety distraction is, you know, you could say it's things where the world is trying to get your attention for commerce or otherwise. But I mean, I also, I think we, I think distractions are something that we have to push away when we are pseudo healthy people. Distractions are something we have to push away with great force and, and, uh, and, and really burn with a certain kind of personal fire, which is like, you know, you're not allowed to distract me. Like I'm not going to take an intransitive role in this and become this big bucket that all this distraction just, you know, drops into. Yeah. Um, and, and like, to me, once you accept that, you start to see how childish a lot of that stuff is. So with that said, if you have some kind of a condition that's making that impossible, well, I, you know, I don't know how you ever get that completely fixed without making the condition a little bit ameliorated. Mm. 
right? But in, but in terms of all of these self-diagnosis things, well, I've self-diagnosed, I've self-diagnosed myself with Asperger's, so it's okay that people can't understand what I'm saying. I have self-diagnosed myself with ADD, and so therefore it's okay for me to be scatterbrained. You know, I've diagnosed myself with OCD, so it's okay for me to stonewall on projects. Right. I've diagnosed myself with perfectionism, so it's okay for me to never start anything cool because something, something, something. Well, you know, for people who really suffer from that stuff, it's a real, it's a real suck in life to have those things. You know, um, it can be. I'm not saying, you know what I'm saying? Understand, guys, I'm not saying that your kid with Asperger's is going to have an impossible life. There's people in my family with Asperger's that are making submarines, like they're doing great. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's not the kind of condition where any of these things are not things... I would make super sure that you've got that thing that you think you have. Uh, I, would, I would certainly talk to somebody with more expertise than us about finding out what it is. And then, you know, the thing is, people who've really been through things like that, they find a way to deal. And it may not be perfect, but at least now they no longer have this hook to hang it on. Like, I bet you a lot of people with OCD really know they have OCD. Yeah, and I yeah. bet it's super shameful. I, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I hope we can find some audio of that David Sedaris piece because it really, there's, there's unlimited, it's like closets in your house. Like, you will always fill all of those closets. And unless you have that executive function, your brain will fill with all of those echoes and waves you know, in, in a way that you just kind of wish you had more brains. You know, if you have that, if you have that itch and you keep scratching, well, you know, your brain's never decided that you're done with that. If you are still thinking about, if you're all getting all humbert humbert and thinking about somebody you met when you were 14, well, there may be more to that than you just have a sweet memory that comes up a lot. If that's now becoming a compulsion where your behavior is being changed by that, that, that doesn't seem like a super healthy way to go through life. But if you are a garden variety, a garden variety idiot like me, you would be well served um, by bucking up. <laughs> Find out if you've got a condition you think you have. Yeah. Why would you walk around for 20 years with something that might be a medical condition and then not allow yourself to, self to do like cool stuff along the way? Yeah. You know, because you searched on the internet and, and are pretty sure you figured out what it is. I, uh, I think there's really something to the muscularity of saying, I'm going to try and take care of this thing. Because yeah. even if you do have, even if there is like a, a, you know, a code in a book for the thing that you have, it doesn't mean you can't work on it. There oh, yeah. Yeah. Who, it's not who, like who, a death sentence or anything. Yeah. David Sedaris turned out pretty well. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You got a functional component? Do I have one? No. Yeah. Do you think there's, if you've, if you've got like serious... OCD and it's getting in the way. I mean, do you think there's stuff that you can do to make it better? I bet cutting down on coffee helps. I think cutting, I down on, cutting down on coffee helps almost everything. But do you think there's stuff, do you think there's ways that you can hack that, you know, in, in the absence of a, of a big cure? Did you have things that helped you? Well, yeah, did I mean, they just, just become more, did they just feed right back into the system? No, just my own rationalization of it and realizing that I didn't, realizing that I didn't want to be doing it anymore and that I had to prioritize not doing it over doing it and that I was focusing on a short-term solution to a long-term problem and that I wanted to focus on the long-term solution and that, you know, what when I do it will lead to my long-term, very Buddhisty kind of a thing. What when I do it will lead to my long-term happiness? Is checking that light switch or whatever uh, going to lead to that? No. But, but what will? Not thinking this way. All right. Well, it is possible to control your thoughts and to some degree or at least to be aware of them and decide which ones you're going to 
that reactive? Are you well, you can't your control you're them. controlling how you how you you're controlling your reaction to your thoughts is better a better way to, to say it. So and that, that's that where point. it might shade into something like uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, which I, you know it seems like the I don't know I'm probably grossly misunderstanding meditation and CBT, but CBT feels like a very practical way to deal with something Compu- like a recurrent CBT computer based training. The Germans call it cock and ball torture. If you if you if you come into this situation <laughs> with something you can't stop thinking about, CBT uh-huh. is a way of saying, and we've discussed this at length in many shows, but it's worth repeating here, and we'll link to it in notes. But my understanding of CBT, and there's different versions. There's an Adler version. There's a non-Adler version. I think the the, the basic notion is that back to the seven dwarfs, a bad emotion. If you've got anxiety, fear, uh, depression, lowercase d, depression, um, anger, if there are these feelings that keep coming up for you, that if you're honest with yourself, you realize are, are out of your control or you feel like you don't have control over, if something can happen in the world and make you anxious in the same way that you can make a dog salivate by ringing a bell, right? well, there's a pattern that, that, that is formed. You're going to snap that band, man. Yeah, I guess. That's one way. But the CBT, You'd be I surprised. Need... I just want to say this. I used to bite my nails too. Surprise, surprise. I used to bite my nails. Until they and, were perfect. Yeah, until they were perfect. And... The way that I stopped doing that was with a rubber band. And this is the best thing in the world. You put a rubber band, we've talked about this. You yep. put a rubber band on your wrist. And uh, when you go to bite your nail, instead, snap the band. And like a few days later, you may not bite your nails at all anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it doesn't seem possible that something as stupid and simple as that can be so damn effective. But like it worked. I don't bite my nails. I haven't for decades. Yeah, and and people use it for smoking and stuff like that too. I, I understand, but I mean, it it is it is a <laughs> right, way. You'd of... have no idea about that. Hmm? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the be- the beauty part there is, it is a. I mean, the whole point behind any of these behavioral changes is that it is a behavioral change. Like there may be things you can do with whatever talk therapy or medication or any any other group things, but the behavioral part is by what I like about CBT, as I understand it, is that you know. Oh, you know, uh, if you had an emotionally unavailable father, well, that really sucks. Now, what are you going to do? <laughs> and uh, the idea there is if there's, you know, if I, if so, so as I understand it in CBT, here's how it works. There's an A, a B, and a C. Um, the C is, I'm anxious or I'm mad or, or whatever. Well, that's C. But there was an A um, somewhere in the world, which is that something happened that made that get to C. Right, and the and the really interesting part is the B, which is learning what it is that you thought or felt or or kind of you know gathered as a result of A that made you jump straight to C, in a way that's if you like compulsive. And one example I remember is, I walked by Jeannie in the hallway and I said hi, mm-hmm. and she didn't say hi, so I'm a terrible person and I hate her. Right. Um. Well, well uh, <laughs> no, not you, not you guys, but I mean like everybody else. Right. I didn't get invited to do this thing and now I'm depressed um, uh, because everybody hates me or, or because uh, they think I'm fat. Like there's something you will find that in between, you are the one inserting the B into that. You are the one, you are the one who is based on whatever reason. And frankly, I don't care what the reason is. It could be that you're scarred from something. But the point is, you're the one, you have some function over that. Unless you have a truly morbid um, organic problem, there's no reason you can't make it a little better through a behavioral change. And the behavioral change, yes, 
It could be snapping the rubber band, rubber band, but it also becomes a certain kind of mindfulness of saying like, I accept that all of these emotions I don't love having come from somewhere. And do I really want the rest of the world's behavior to decide whether I'm going to be anxious, depressed, angry, et cetera, in a given day? And if you're sick of that, as I have been sick of that, I've, I've tried it personally. I'm not great at it yet, but I take a lot of control of the B, which is I say, well, what, what is the evidence in the world that makes the connection between Janice didn't say hi and I'm sad? Mm. Because, wow, could there be a more muscular way to run your life? I, I, you know, one of my goals in life that I, 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 one of the few things I succeed at is being okay with the fact that the world turns and I'm in this one spot and they don't really have that much relationship to each other. I don't have any control over what other people think. I don't have any control other over what other people think of me or even if, you know, but most of the time they don't think of you because no one cares. <laughs> and if they do think something of me, like, what am I going to do about it? Right. And so anyway, uh, and so when you get into the CBT, and I've never done it as more than sort of reading about it, but it's my understanding you do things like you keep what's called a thought journal, where you actually have like a little grid that you fill in. And, you know, first of all, yeah, it does make you more aware that you got a problem. But then it makes you aware that there were times that you felt these certain ways. And yeah. then it makes you aware that there were things that caused that to happen. And finally, if you're really lucky, you become aware that you're the one who went, oh, I used to not get picked for dodgeball. And that's, I'm not getting picked for dodgeball again when that happens. So you can't change the dodgeball picking, but you can certainly choose to begin changing the way you feel about that and going, you know what? I don't have that much evidence that Janice hates me. And you know what my evidence for that is? My evidence for that is that I have really self, low self-esteem and I'm con constantly gathering string about how I'm a bad person. Well, is that a thing I want to keep doing? Mm. Right? I mean, that, you know... You, you, if like I've said before, if if you allow the world to decide how you feel, you're fundamentally screwed because you're never going to win. That's not a fair fight. There's way more world than you, and uh, that's why I think that can be an effective way. If you would like to learn more about CBT, I encourage you to not Google those three letters, but maybe go search for cognitive behavioral therapy and uh, see if that's useful. And you know, and if you worry about this stuff and think about if you're obsessing over the fact you might be obsessive, well, then that's that's something to look at. You know, you could try the meditation. We could do some links to your uh, your dude, Monty, Monty G, Monty, Monty bag, Monty. <laughs> it's a good starting place. Uh, you know, if you can find a good starting place, you're way ahead of most of the world. A lot of people uh, email me and ask uh, how they sh can learn more about meditation and and all of that stuff. So what I uh, had done is I've written a a Hive Logic post about it. Uh, oh, it's conven a conveniently post. written in yeah. 2009, so it's it's still there and easy to find. And I will put that into the show notes, and it has links to pretty much everything from books to podcasts to stuff online that's free that you can read. And that will be in the show notes. And how do we get to those show notes, Mister Merlin? I gotta tell you, if you want to get the show notes, there's only one way you're gonna get there, and that's by going there. <laughs> that's there. Going there and uh, doing it. Going there and doing it. Uh, the notes are by going to, uh, this is in your uh, computer web browser, H, T, let me repeat that, T, T, let me repeat that, HTTP, uh, you know what, this is early, Dan, it's 5x5.tv slash B2, the letter number <laughs> What are you doing over there? It's weird. <laughs> you know what it is? Every Tuesday's aneurysm day. Oh. If you want to find Shannon's, go to 5x5.tv slash B2W. That's B numeral 2W slash 83. No spaces. No motors like it's left at 3 p.m. 
That's all I got. You got anything else? No, I don't got nothing. Let's button this up. Let's do it. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man. 